Welcome to the fifth anniversary season of the Tyrrell Port Podcast, celebrating five years of providing an honest fan's opinion on all things going on with the San Jose Sharks and San Jose Barracuda. As always, everything you hear on the show is completely 100% my opinion and not affiliated with either team. And all let's say is a happy anniversary to us and on with the show. Episode 7 of the 5th anniversary season of the Triple Podcast. Where this time, of course, we'll be looking back on the month of March. And that does also mean um, we got the second half of my trip to cover. Which, of course, included my first ever Barracuda Games. We'll talk more about that. That included, of course. Yeah, it's very exciting. We've got a little bit more of the trip to fit. To cover first the Blues and Capitals game, my two Barracuda games, and then many months will be the rest of the way. And do not fret, I will be making my feelings very, very clear about the James Reimer debacle on hockey for everyone night. Don't you worry, that will be coming up. Um, also, the West Watch has once again been ditched because we are bringing back a little segment we did last season, this time last year. We're going to recap everything that happened during the trade deadline. And of course, we will be taking what is our penultimate trip to Till Lane. Well, this time we're going to be um, looking, we're going to be br- talking about our web series, the Tyrrell Port Bids. Uh, so yeah, so amazing. Um, as always, we'd love to hear from you guys. Do forget in touch with us at tyrrellportpodcast at gmail.com. Oh, there's more that I need to let you know about. Um, since I've come back from my trip, um, I've noticed a little change with our hoster, well, our hosting provider that we that we use to host this podcast. Because um, we've, we've been with Anchor.fm since day one. Since I've got back from my trip, Anchor.fm has changed. It's now known as Spotify for podcasters. Not much has really changed in how you can use the service. It's just... A, but it does mean that our web page is now uh, is now different. It's now a new URL. So I'll give you that now. So our web page is now podcasters.spotify.com forward slash pod forward slash show forward slash tier report. I'll give you that again. It's, again, it's podcasters.spotify.com forward slash pod forward slash show forward slash tier report. That is the new new URL we've got for our public page um, with our hosting provider. That's, that's, the, that's the only thing I've noticed since I've come back from a trip, so I just want to let you guys know that um, now, so you're ready to go ahead. Okay, so a busy, busy show as always, lots of pack-ins. Let's get started with the first part of the lookbacks. Alright, we're going to kick off the lookbacks and we're staying with my trip. Actually, do us really, really funny. This whole... Oh my god, just there it since I've come back. We're actually picking up where we left off again. Oh my god, it's been a recurring theme all season. <laughs> oh no. No, I can't. I thought we were in the clear. No. Oh. 
I mean, this season, we've ended one episode during a, 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 road, a, a road trip, and we've then picked up the remaining half of the next show. Well, here we've had a similar thing. We ended the first, last episode with the first, uh, during the midst of the homestand, and we're picking, even though there's only two games, we're picking up where we left off. Oh my god. I bet. I bet whoever is whoever made the schedules for this season, I bet whoever it is, is, is somewhere in America right now. Have a good laugh at us. I bet having a good. I bet they're listening to this this season, having a good laugh. Look at that! I've messed up Tearport. This their anniversary season as well. <laughs> I bet you, schedule matrix guy is having a good laugh right now somewhere in North America because he's mucked it all up. Oh, dear Lord. It's going to make schedule release date for 2023 interesting, whenever that is, June or July. I'd be interested to see if that happens. Oh, my God. It's been a recurring thing all year. Many with the road trips, but now here in this home stand. Right, anyway, okay. Right, so we kick off the look back with the remaining part of my trip. Uh, Remind you, I had seven games in total. Five Sharks, two Barracuda. Um... Yeah, so uh, at the end of the last show, we started the first half of my trip. We're going to begin the, step, the, the, the the first part of this show with the remaining part of my trip. So, March the 2nd. Why have I got March the 1st? Oh, God. Well, the many mistakes in my binder. You know, you know when you go away, you you you, 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 you think, ah, oh, it's all done, dusting. It's all sorted, you've made no mistakes. Then when you pop, unpa- unpack it, when you're at your hotel, you, realize, you just look a bit free, you realise, oh, that's wrong. Oh, that's wrong. Oh, that's wrong! I had so many mistakes in my binder. And yeah, I kept checking it so many, so many times. It's because our printer kept playing up with, with, with the link ink levels. That's what it was, so uh, I wasn't paying attention. Anyway, fixed it now. March the 2nd, Blue Sticks, Shark 3. Now, the officiating here was a complete disgrace in this first period. Um, well, no, it was, just, it was a disgrace as a whole, really. Sorry, I should say it as a whole. But uh, the first period was all sharks. That's what I meant to say, sorry. You see, it's jet lag head, jet lag head, still roaming, still roaming. Right, should we start, should we start again? Right, March 2nd, Blue Sticks, Shark 3. A bitch as a whole, complete disgrace. Now, the first period was all sharks. They um, did brilliantly. My shot was a two-goal lead. And one of those additions from the Timo Meyer trade, uh, Andreas Johnson it was, he got a six on Alexander Barbar's goal. I was like, yes, well done for him. Because a lot of people, a lot of my fellow citizens, weren't too happy with the team of my trade. I thought, well, good for him. Prove your worth. Prove your worth. Not that sure he would have noticed the backlash of the trade, but prove your worth. Well done. He's already proving his, his worth. Well done. Now, sadly, I didn't see the upper goal of the period. Thanks to Sharky. Because <laughs> what I'm right was, um, uh, was, um, I was in section 112, and I think it was a section to my right, so I think that m- m- must be 113. 
I know, it's a cool art. Look who's there. Sharky! He was there. So I thought, right, okay. Uh, now you remember... Now, you'll remember my trouble, if you listen to my trouble diary, you notice how on the, on the teal carpet, I might get good shot of Brody Brazil, not good of Sharky. Well, here we go. So, I got my phone out. I was really tricky because the game was still play. I thought, right, keep the phone on Sharky, try and keep my eye level on the on the game and see what's going on. It didn't work. Of course, but Sharky, because he never stands, sit, sit still. You have to keep taking quite a couple, got a couple. And literally, I know. Oh, my God, it's good! Wow. There you go. So Sharky distracted me from seeing seeing the second goal. So I had so I so while the celebration guy I tried to play close to the beer screen to try to see who it was. Um Yeah, unfortunately I've not got my notes either, but yeah, so Sharky distracted me on the second goal. After that, the wheels fell off completely. Uh, the blues roared that second frame. Uh, they battered our party kill. Um but the killer blow came towards the closing moments of the of the game when David Quinn, our coach, decided to pull James Reimer far too early without even good reason. Now I've said this plenty of times. I think I've already noted already this season. I have noticed other seasons. I've seen other teams do it, like the United, for example. I worked separately. Right, we can have a good conversation about when the right time wasn't net minors. Never right time. But if you're, which we were, two goals down. I don't know about what, a couple minutes left to go in regulation. There's no point doing it. Maybe with 90 seconds to have a go to get one back for, for, you know, for consolation, but don't do it. Only put on that mile with about three minutes or four minutes left to go in the game, where you're down by two, and you're on the power play. Because then it becomes six on four, rather than five on four, and you've got a big chance. We were not on a power play. We gave the Blues a freebie, and I just, I just, I just did not like that. And it really ticked me off, because this could have been a much more respectable scoreline. Both teams played well. It could have been a respectable 5-3. I would have took that and said, yeah, okay, fine. Didn't like the scoreline, but yeah, both sides played well. And sadly, that move didn't. But it was a really, really, really good game. Right. Now it gets messy. Because March 4 was double header. So we had Sharks, Capitals, 3pm Pacific. Barracuda, Firebirds, 6pm Pacific. Now... I've talked about it on the Trouble Diary, so go check that out if you want to. But I'll make a it now. So, yeah. And, oh, boy, this is a mad disaster. Now, I had to abandon the, this game during the third period in order to get to Texie U Arena with time to spare uh, so I could be there ready for the Barracuda Firebirds game. I actually should have left after the fun games or the second intermission. But I thought, could I, could I, but just, no, but yeah. I'm so glad I decided to do it, when I did. Um, Double headers for the Sharks Barracuda have not been great this year. They used to work so much better when the two sides shared SP centre. But since the Barracuda flew in the nest, it's not worked out well. It really has not. I mean, it just has not. Um, at all. Um... And oh my pride night. We'll come to that in the, in the uh, maybe it's the second half of the show. Oh, look back. Yeah, we'll come to that in the second half of the look back because that was even worse. But we'll talk about the second half of the look back. But first of all, yeah. So, I couldn't believe when we got to the second mission of the fall. Oh my god, it's nearly five o'clock! So I had to make the call. I made the call. First breaking play that third period. I was going to go. 
So I then didn't see the carnage that then followed because apparently when I got back to my hotel because obviously my phone was terrible in Saturday, I couldn't access Wi-Fi outside my hotel. So I didn't know what happened with the, with the rest of the game until I got back to my hotel. I could not believe that. Oh my god. David Quinn got ejected? But doing what? What did he do? This is, this is one of those weird times where I was at the game so I should be able to tell you first how what happened. But of course, because I had to leave to get to Texas Arena, I can't tell you what happened. So, if any of my fellow Sharks fans or any Capitals fans who were at the game and stayed for the full way through, email me, tearreportpodcast at gmail.com what happened that led to David Quinn's ejection. Because uh, it's because this it, it is one of those rare times where I was at the game. I should be able to, I should be able to tell you first hand what happened, and yeah, I can't because I had to leave to get to Texas Arena for my next for the next game. So, any of my first Sharks bands or any Capitals bands who were there until Bio Buzzer, if you could let me know what led to Quinn getting ejected, then email me tillportpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, what's, what, what I remember, the last thing I remember, because as I was leaving out, because as I was on the concourse, heading to head to the exit, I could hear some faint cheers, and I, and I thought, oh no, they made it five too, haven't they? So, yep. Uh, but from what I did see, it was just fairly obvious what they were doing, and I was not, oh, I so want to swear right now, but I can't, it's a podcast, and I'm not going to break my, and I'm not going to break the card loss in. Not gonna do it. Not gonna do it. If we were on video, I so would you would have to, you would have to get the bleep machine. I was not impressed one bit. It was obvious they were deliberately tanking, you know, to try and get Carbadard. But I'm like, you're not gonna get him because in order to get Bedard, you're gonna have to win the draft lottery, and that's not gonna happen, is it? It's not. So just just no. Don't focus on the, on the draft lottery in May. Do we have the date for that? I'd love to know the date for that so we can then start penciling it down to it and we can put that to the rest. But don't think big in the future. Focus the here and now, which is trying to play this game of hockey against the Capitals. And you just... just cause how do you give up a 2-0 lead when you outshot the Capitals? Wait for it, wait for it. I'll put in my notes. Wait for it. 20-5. to five. In that first period. Oh yeah. That was a shot count. Capitals. Five shots. Period one. Sharks. Twenty shots. Period one. How did you then lose a three? Uh, the confusion. I saw lots of capitals had scored late in the second. Didn't help either. That made me look a rightful. Because the initially the, the, uh, the officials declared no goal. I then stand up and go. Woo! And then we have another liberation. Apparently it's gone situation. They didn't need a goal. I'm like, oh. You've made it feel like a fool. Yeah, but not impressed. And, spoiler alert, this will be the low point of the month. Play, I'm playing that out now. This is going to be the low point of the month. Right. Uh, a weird one, because whilst I was there, I can't give you first-hand details properly, because I had to leave halfway through. But, yeah. But if I had let it air later, I would not have got to text you at the time. And no boy would I then be boiling. Right. So March 6th, first game 
Um, back home. I miss being there dearly. I really do. The 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 cut the the the, uh, the coming back home blues. They are worse this time than they were last time. Oh god. Okay, so March sixth, first game back from the trip. Wish I was still there. Uh, Sharks three, Jets two in overtime. Um, Steve Lorenz, he got the scoring started, uh, continuing a recent trend for the Sharks um, of getting the first goal, uh, which started with the Blues game. Uh, but after that, Winnipeg got the next two. Uh, it looked like Saturday was on course for another tank tanking for four straight game in a row. However, with less than 10 seconds of regulation time. Tomorrow's hurdle comes to the rescue, which then allows Lone Control to catch the net a brilliant winner in overtime. Go watch it back, it was beautiful to see. But then, 24 hours later, back to tanking. 6 0, Avalanche win. So after fighting the drive to win the Jets, it wasn't too long before Zaze went back to deliberately tanking their way. Um. And not with a show against the Colorado Avalanche. And Colorado has not had a great year. They've not had a cup fatigue, which is why I always keep an eye out on the TTs that make the cycle far this year. They've not had cup fatigue. They've just been sort of banged up. Injury after injury after injury. And yet they are still hanging in there. So I feel in South Colorado, I think we could potentially still see them make a, a challenge to defend their cup. But... It would not surprise me if Colorado has an early playoff exit, but that's because I'm already interested. So, not cup with Paul Colorado this year, but it's more injury play. Um, yeah. uh, also, to note, the Sharks only put up 13 shots on goal compared to the Avalanche's 43. And they also allowed another goal for the penalty kill. And in fact, the only thing the Sharks actually did better uh, than Colorado in that game was actually winning the face off. So, that's the only thing they kind of could say. Plus, March 9th, Ties gets revenge on the Blues. Nope, 4 2 win for them. Uh, now, both Eric Carlson and Tomo Shuttle got on the board in what? In well, actually, actually, it was a much closer matchup than what I saw at the tank. Um, so, the Sharks once again outperformed their opponents on the face offs. Um, both sides had the same amount of parity bits. Um, the Blues started doing their strike on one of theirs. Um, and it was the Wills that came from in the third period. Right, March 11. Back on home soil. Ah, to start a four-game um, homestand, which will include Hockey Night for Everyone Night, but we'll talk about more in the, um, the next part of the lookbacks, the second half of the lookbacks, and my uh, thoughts on James Reimer. Mm. Oh yeah, I've not, I've not let him off the hook. I've not let him off the hook. He's gonna get it in barrels in the second half of the look back. But anyway, before that, March 11, Wild five sharks to a massive blunder in that first period cost the sharks dearly, uh, and that pretty much then set the tone for the rest of the game. And whilst our captain did tie things up at the start of the second period to give stars a hope. Just couldn't grind down as Minnesota dominated the main of the game. And our penalty kill was not on point, conceding t not once but twice in that game. Although, Tomasha did give us a power play goal. So, woo! 
They're gold dust is out there, they're gold dust every time. That is absolutely weird. And then finally, oh! This one stings. This one really, really, really stings. But it was that mistaken overtime again. How many overtime games this year have we see the Sharks make big mistakes that cost them dearly? March 14, Blue Jackets 6, Sharks by overtime. Whoa! These two teams, they may be the bottom two of the league, but oh my, did they go out swinging! Axabamov, he got this crazy goal first started on the power play. However, Columbus then got the next three un unanswered, although I think two of those goals, we weren't really prepared. I think those, two of those goals did catch us off guard. Um, yeah, um, but what I love for the Sharks in this game is something that I did not see a lot on my trip, and that was they did not back down! They got together, they grinded out, and we got some really magical moments. So we had the so we had Logan Control's buzzer beater in uh, uh, in the second period. That, of course, then gave us life for the third. Um, and also, we're back to finish our goal! He got called up um, during my bag uh, when I was having my first bag of game, and I thought, no! Don't call him up! We need him! The bag cooler this stage of the game are at a point where they need every fire pilot cast, so just not get why I got called up. Um, but, uh, but oh my god, did the roof come off SAP Centre? And oh my god, I just also couldn't be, couldn't be thrilled. Uh, despite it being what? Very early hours in the morning in England. Just like, Woohoo! So I think he got some points last year in the nine games to play last year, but he didn't get a goal. So. Hooray for him. And you know what that means we can do? We've not done it in a while. We get to do this. Woohoo! Oh, I missed doing that. We've not done that in ages. If you're a long-time die-hard day one list of the podcast, you remember that's what we always do every time a, um, a shark gets their first AHL goal. We've not done that in a very long while. We've had sharks get their first goals as sharks, but not somebody get their first league goal. We've not had that in ages, so... Yeah! However, uh, sadly, big mistakes in overtime ultimately is what cost... Um, Cost of dinner, and that was uh, was the game that sealed our fate concerning playoffs. Because the next day, I wake up to find that actually that game, that result, did officially eliminate us from per contention. But hey, did we already knew that? Did we already knew we weren't going to make it this year? Did we already knew that? I think we already knew that. So tell me something I don't know. Where go Eklund? Now get yourself back to the Barracuda and help them get into the playoffs. And speaking of the Barracuda, we are uh, we're gonna have another Barracuda player that also got called up up um, in the second part of the lookbacks, but that is coming later on. Um, on, but um, but we're gonna take a break. When we come back, we uh, we're not going to the West Watch this morning. Need to update my note. Need to update my notes on that. Um, instead, we're gonna do a little roundup.
um, of everything happened in the actual trade deadline for 2023. Alright, now time for something a little different. <laughs> if you were with us last season, you'll actually recall we did this segment at this exact time uh, last season. So the West Watch has been ditched again. <laughs> Don't worry, it will be back on our next show where of course we will take a look at the Western Conference playoff picture and ultimately give you that bold prediction of who we think could be in our conference in the finals come June. Like I said, this little segment we're doing today, we did it on the last season. We're basically going to look back at everything that's been going on with the actual trade line this year, which of course took place on March the 3rd. So, for what we'll do is we'll recap it, but we'll do it from the day I flew out for my trip and up to the up to we'll go up to March the 4th, which is my last day, full full day in Saturday before flying back. I did flew back. I actually flew back on the fifth, but the fourth was my last ball day. So that's what we'll do. So from the February twenty second way up to March the fourth. That's what we'll do. Okay. So we're going to recap how that's happened uh, today. All right. So let's begin, shall we? A very interesting to note from this year's trade line, and I think this might be something we might be seeing in in the future. We saw a lot of the big deals get made uh, pre the trade line, which is probably why there wasn't that much big blockbusters happening on the actual trade line itself. Because a lot of that happened pre-trailer line. I think that's what we might be seeing more often in the future. But let's recap it. So, we start February 22. Uh, the Arizona Coyotes acquire defenseman Shea Weber and a fifth round pick in the 2023 air draft from the Vegas Golden Knights. In exchange for defenseman uh, Decent Mayo. The Chicago Blackhawks acquire defenseman Nikita Zap. That's Z, a second round pick in the 2023 air draft and a fourth round pick in the 2026 air draft from the Ottawa Senators in exchange for future considerations. February 23, the Anaheim Ducks acquire forward Dostoya Slavin from the Chicago Blackhawks in exchange for forward Hunter Drew. The Boston Bruins acquire defenseman Dimitri Orlab and forward Garrett Hathaway for the Washington Capitals in a three team trade. The, that's also included the Minnesota Wild. We had, we had a lot of free, free team trades this year. We really did. We're going to come on to those. Uh, in this one, the Bruins also acquire forward prospect Andre Svetlikov uh, from Minnesota. And the Capitals acquire forward Craig Smith. A first round pick in the 2023 draft. A third round pick in the 2024 draft. The second round pick in the 2025 draft. And the Wild acquire a fifth round pick. In the 2023 air draft from the Bruins. February 25, the Colorado Avalanche acquired goaltender Keith Kincaid from the Boston Bruins in exchange for forward Shane Bowers. The Vancouver Canucks acquired forward Beta Kravstov from the New York Rangers in exchange for forward William Lockwood and a third round pick in the 2026 air draft. The Winnipeg Jets acquire forward Nino Niederator from the National Predators in exchange for a second round pick in the 2024 air draft. February 26th, the Dallas Stars acquire forward Ibonje Dadnob 
for the Montreal Canadiens in exchange for forward Denis Gourop. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche acquired defenseman Jack Johnson from the Chicago Blackhawks in exchange for defenseman Andres England. And then fair to face, it's course, the blockbuster trade that happened between us and the New Jersey Devils. Oh, the reaction to this did not go down well. It's made matters worse. You could not have written it. it was, on the day the trade happened, around the time the trade was happened and hours, it was actually raining outside, Zaze. It really was. You could have written it better. Uh, but yeah, so Bird 26, New Jersey Devils acquired forwards Timo Meyer and Timor Ibranov, along with defenseman Scott Harrison and Santori Hataka, netminer Zachary Umland, and a fifth round pick in the 2024 draft from your Sharks uh, in exchange for forwards uh, Fabian Zetterlund and Andreas Johnson. They um, came our way, along with defenseman Shakia. Mukamadin and Nikita Akulak, plus a conditional first round pick in the 2023 draft, a conditional second round pick in the 2024 draft, and a seventh round pick uh, in the 2024 draft. Uh, go to the Sharks website to get the full details of what those conditionals are. Awesome that day to round. Um, still got a couple more from February 26. Tampa Bay Lightning acquire for Tanner. Janat from the Nashville Predators in exchange for defenseman Kai Foot. A conditional first round pick in the 2025 uh, draft. A second round pick in the 2024 draft. A f and, and third, four, and fifth round picks in the 2023 draft. The Nashville Predators acquire forward Isaac Ratcliffe from the Philadelphia Flyers in exchange for future considerations. February 27th, the Toronto Maple Leafs acquired defenseman Jake McCabe, forward Sam Laferty, a conditional fifth round pick in the 2024 draft, and a conditional fifth round pick in the 2025 draft from the Chicago Blackhawks, in exchange for forward Joey Anderson, forward Pablo Gulenov, a conditional first round pick in the 2025 draft, and a second round pick in the 2026 draft. The Buffalo Sabres acquired Defenseman Riley Stillman from the Vancouver Canucks exchange before Josh Bloom. February 28th, the Carolina Hurricanes acquire forward uh, Jesse Pullup from the Edmonton Oilers in exchange for the rights to unsigned draft choice forward Patrick Puslana. Ooh, the poor Bobby Gosh Sharks. This one slipped through the net. Don't recall this one being announced. Um, but we acquired the rights to unsigned draft choice defenseman Henry Fraun from the Anaheim Ducks. In exchange for a third round pick in the 24 Airtel draft. Mm. That was slit the net. Anyways, Minnesota Wild acquire forward Marcus Johansson from the Washington Capitals in exchange for a third round pick in the 24 Airtel draft. The Washington Capitals acquire defenseman Rasmus Sardine from the Toronto Maple Leafs in exchange for defenseman Eric Gus Dobson in the first round pick in the 23 Airtel draft. The Islanders acquired for P.A. Ibangalai from the Toronto Maple Leafs in exchange for a third round pick in the 2024 NFL Draft. The Toronto Maple Leafs acquired defenseman Luke Shen from the Vancouver Canucks in exchange for a third round pick in the 2023 NFL Draft. The Nashville Predators acquired forward Austin uh, Ruchner from the New York Rangers in exchange for future considerations. 
Yeah, so all those acquired defenseman Matthias Ecklem, the fifth-round pick in the 2024 draft from the National Predator in exchange for defenseman Tyson Barry, forward Reed Sheffer, a first-round pick in the 2023 draft, the fourth-round pick in the 2024 draft. The Minnesota Wild acquired Gustav Nyquist from the Columbus Blue Jackets in exchange for a fifth-round pick in the 2023 draft. Ah, uh, this is the big one. Right, this got confused because I heard whispers that, oh, Arizona was involved and then got confused. Because, but apparently, no, this is another one of those free team trades. So, the New York Rangers, big one here. They acquired Ford Patrick Kane. Yep, Kane's left the Blackhawks. And they also got defenseman Cooper Zek from the Blackhawks. It was a three-team trade that also cleared the Arizona character. So this got me confused. What? what? He's going to go to Arizona? Get away. He's not. <laughs> so the Blackhawks received defenseman Andy Wielisk, a conditional second-round pick in the 2023 draft, and a fourth-round pick in the 2025 draft from the Rangers, and defenseman B.R. Sarajler from the Coyotes. What the Coyotes get is they get a third round pick in the 2025 air draft. So that's how the Coyotes get involved. Like I say, a lot of free team trades happened this season. A lot of that was in the one. But it did, oh my, on the Twitter sphere, did it cause some confusion before I head out for my game against Montreal? It really did! Right, oh, number one! Oh! Kings fans, we arrived March the 1st. And oh! Wow! Did not see this one coming. March the 1st, and the Columbus Blue Jackets acquired netminder Jonathan Quick. That's right, the King's star netminder who gained him those two Stanley Cups. A conditional first round pick in the 2023 draft and a third round pick in the 2024 draft from the LA Kings in exchange for defenseman Bloody Sub Gary Cobb and netminder Jonas Corpus Loss. Bad trade, Kings. Bad trade. Oh my, did you do job and quick dirty for all those hard years work. And you're poised to potentially win the Pacific as well. Bad move, LA. Bad move. If we were still if we were still arch rivals, I would be howling with laughter at that, but because you're not arch rivals anymore, I I now go Top Top Top. Uh also that Oh, but we will, of course, come back to that story because that's not fish. That's not fish. If you think that that kick in the gut was not enough, oh no, that saga's not fish. But we'll come back to that because other some trades happened that on that day as well. And they were that the Avalanche acquired forward Lars Eller from the Washington Capitals um, in exchange for a second round pick in the 2025 NHL draft. The Cala Hurricanes acquire defenseman Shane Gustaberla from the Arizona Coyotes in exchange for a third round pick in the 2026 air draft. The Vancouver Canucks acquire defenseman Philip Horak and a fourth round pick in the 2023 air draft from the Detroit Red Wings in exchange for a conditional uh, first round pick in the 2023 air draft and a second round pick in the 2023 air draft. Those were said to acquire defenseman Jacob. Shuren from the Arizona Coyotes in exchange for a first round pick in the 2023 draft and a second round pick in the 2024 draft and a second round pick in the 2026 draft. 
Yeah, Queen! Oh, oh, got turned out here! It's a bit, you can tell it's a lot here. I'll do that again. And the Kings acquire unsigned draft rights to netminder Eric Portilla from the Bubble Savers in exchange for a third round pick in the 2023 NHL draft. The Vegas Golden Knights acquire forward Teddy Bluger from the Pittsburgh Penguins in exchange for defenseman Peter Deliberata and a third round pick in the 2024 NHL draft. Um, we acquired forward Vladislav Namastidikov from the Tampa Bay Lightning in exchange for forward uh, Michael Eastman. Although, that's also another one to come back on. That's another one to come back on. Um, so, Sharks fans, don't put that down your notes just yet because that's a, that was a developing trade. Uh, the Penguins acquired forward Mikael Gronlo from the National Press in exchange for a second round pick in the 2023 draft. March the 2nd, and the Boston Bruins acquired forward Tyler Bertazzoni from the Detroit Red Wings in exchange for a conditional first-round pick in the 2024 Airtel draft and a fourth-round pick in the 2024 Airtel draft. Is that the trade that sorted Larkin Cry? Because on the trade deadline coverage, there was a, they, they shared a little um, a interview clip with Dylan Larkin. You could tell he was busily upset. So is that the one that made him actually cry? Go watch it. He barely could speak. He was that emotional. He was that well up, well up. So maybe it was that one. I can't remember. Well, there was a Detroit trade that got it really saw Dylan Larkin well up. Maybe it was that one. Uh, the Isaiah Coyotes. They acquired forward uh, Jacob Brusek, a six-round pick in the 2023 NHL draft from the Columbus Blue Jackets exchange for netminder at uh, Joe Deals. And now we come back sharp and quick. Okay. So, the Kings do him dirty. They kick him, kick him in the gut. Send him to the worst team in the National Hockey League. Then, just when you think that it can't get any worse, it does! The bad thing news! Because the Vegas Golden Knights, they acquire him from the Columbus Blue Jackets in exchange for that man Michael Hutchinson in the seventh round pick in the 2025 NHL draft. So, guess what? Quick's now gone to Vegas. Vegas! Do you ever learn? For God's sake! Do you ever learn? That's four netmines now Vegas have in their squad. You've got Robin Leonard who's out of inj on injury. And of course, I think he needs a contract sorted out very soon. You've got Aiden Hill, who we gave to Vegas uh, at the, during the off-season because we put our trust in Ryman and Kakanen. There's Logan Thompson, who's been up and down with the horses and the, and the Knights. And now you've got Jordan Quick into the fold. Vegas, do you or do you not understand the definition of the word cap space? Goodness sake, honestly. Right, so for now, he's in Vegas. Although, I don't think he'll be staying there for very, very long. I mean, he's sort of coming to the tail of his career. And also, Vegas can't afford four netminders. Which means Vegas is going to be the spotlight once again in the off-season. Oh, dear. Okay, so that's that to bear, bear been taken care of. Uh, what else happened that day? Oh yes, Chicago Blackhawks acquired uh, forward Anders Bjork for the Buffalo Sabres in exchange for future considerations. 
Yes, it's always required for Nick Bjorkstad from defenseman Carl Dinan from the outside character in exchange for defenseman Michael uh, Kessering and a third round pick in the 2023 NHL draft. The Iron Ducks acquired forward Dylan Skira for the Chicago Blackhawks in exchange for forward Maxime Gouland. The Dallas Stars acquired forward Max Domi and Netmeyer Dylan Wells from the Chicago Blackhawks in exchange for Netmeyer and um, uh, Huberdin. Oh, that's a big one. The second round pick in the 2025 draft. Oh, right. Okay, so now we come to the actual trade deadline itself. So that's the actual trade deadline day, March 3. So let's hop on them. The Blues acquired forward Jacob Barana from the Detroit Red Wings in exchange for forward Dylan McLaughlin and the seventh round pick of the 2025 NHL draft. The New Jersey Devils acquired forward Curtis Lazar from the Bank of Canucks in exchange for fourth round pick in the 2024 NHL draft. The Philadelphia Flyers acquired Brendan Lemieux, a fifth-round pick in the 2024 draft for the LA Kings in exchange for forward Zach McEwen. Sticking with the Kings, they acquired forward Nate Shinar from the Montreal Canadiens in exchange for defenseman Frederick Allard. Right, we've got number three team trade here. This one involved us. So we gave Pittsburgh Nick Benino. So basically gave... gave but, but basically, it's basically we've given Nick Benino back to Pittsburgh. Because that's where he was when he won those two cuts. So basically, we've given Benino back to the Penguins. <laughs> In a three-team trade that included the Canadians, we acquired um, unsigned draft choice defenseman Arbid Henriksen, a conditional fifth-round pick in the 2024 draft, and a seventh-round pick in the 2023 draft from Pittsburgh. And the Canadians acquired defenseman Tony Sun in the fifth round pick in the 2024 NHL draft. And you want more details of that, you can go obviously to our website to get the full details on all that. What went down. Winnipeg Jets acquired for Vladislav Nemsnikov from the. Also from. Ah, so he was the. Right. So he was the one that we got from the Tampa Bay Lightning, who we worked with. Wasn't, no, was he going to be with us? Was he not? Nope. He's gone again. He should just not pack his ba- unpack his bag. He should just carry his suitcase around. Because man, times he's been training his career. Yeah, but uh, he didn't stick around long. Didn't even, didn't even play for a shark. So, is he technically cast a shark? I'll let that debate my fellow sharks fans. But, uh, but uh, he went to Winnipeg Jets in exchange for a fourth round pick in the 2025 NHL draft. Uh, yeah, and Ducks acquired defenseman Chase Priestley for the Buffalo Sabres in exchange for defenseman Austin Strand. The Dallas Stars acquired forward Scott Reedy also from us. So we got so we gave them Reedy and in exchange we get Jacob Pettersson. The Calgary Flames acquired forward Dry, Dryden Hunt. Oh, careful with that surname. For the Toronto Maple Leafs in exchange for Radin Sahama. The Buffalo Sabres acquired for Jordan Greenway from the Montreal Wild in exchange for a second round pick in the 2023 Airtel Draft and a fifth round pick in the 2024 Airtel Draft. Sticking with the Wild, they also acquired for Oscar Sunquist from the Detroit Red Wings in exchange for a fourth round pick in the 2023 Airtel Draft. I'm going to look up the Red Wings thing because I want to know who it was, which player it was. So, um, I'll 
So he bear me for a second. It was it was Berta CD. It was Berta CD. That was right. There we go. Okay. It was Berta CD. So it was Berta CD. So Tyler Berta CD. That was the player. That was the, the trade that made Dylan Larkin break down. Go look it up because literally when you watch, he, he can barely speak. But there you go. Right. We cleared that up. Uh, anyway, back to the trade series. So yeah. So the Wild acquired Ford Oscar Sunquist from the Red Wings in exchange for a fourth round pick in the twenty three twenty four draft. Oracen has acquired forward Patrick Brown from the Philadelphia Flyers in exchange for a six-round pick in the 2023 NHL draft. Uh, the picks for the Penguins acquired defenseman Dimitri Kula from the Anaheim Ducks in exchange for forward Brock McGinn and a third-round pick in the 2024 NHL draft. Takara Avalanche acquired forward Gustav Reinhardt from the New York Rangers in exchange for forward Anton Lee. The National Prayers is acquired forward Rasmus Aspelin from the Buffalo Sabres in exchange for a 7th round pick in the 2025 NHL Draft. The Chicago Blackhawks acquired Austin Wagner from the LA Kings in exchange for future considerations. The Rangers acquired defenseman Wyatt Kulnock from the Vancouver Canucks in exchange for future considerations. The Calgary Flames acquired defenseman Troy Stetcher and forward Nick Ritchie for the outside coach in exchange for defenseman Connor McKay and forward Brett Ritchie. Wild did a very busy trailer line day to Wild They acquired defenseman John Klingberg. Oh, Klingberg! Oh! Dallas Stars fans are not going to like that one! Oh, ho, ho, ho! Klingberg goes to the Wild for the Anaheim Ducks in exchange for defenseman Andre Susta and the rights to forward Nikita Nisarega and a fourth round pick in the 2025 NHL draft. Okay, the Wild have bolstered their squad up. The Wild, the Wild they, are, they are a sleeper team, the Wild. You can never, I mean, I, I mean, this is my, what, 14th year now yet? And yeah, shout out, I still can't work out the Minnesota Wild are, what kind of team they are. They're bolstering, they are bolstering up. The Wild Sniff opportunity, alright? We probably can't see it, because we're all back in Boston and New Jersey, alright? But we can't see it, but I've been Minnesota, maybe not this year, because it's probably going to be either Boston or New Jersey. But maybe the few years I think Minnesota might smell opportunity. Oh, they're bolstering, let's go up. And I believe that is it for our trade deadline roundup for 2023. I'll just double check. Uh, yeah, that's it. That is it. That is our that is our round that is our roundup um, of all what happened with the trade deadline for 2023. And in fact, the next transaction that took place was the, was a couple of days after I came back on March the 8th. That's the next time a transaction was made. But no, but all that, of course, that's obviously post trade deadline. We don't need to talk about you. Go look up yourselves. There you go. A busy, busy, busy trade deadline this year. We're making up for what happened, obviously, in 2021 because that was a quiet year. And last year was sort of, yeah, all right. But last year was made just to teams like the Kraken and the Ducks bolstering up picks. Um, this year we've had actual proper transactions. And I think quite 
obviously in this, this, in this trailer, like, quite a few of the big questions going into the start of the season have now been answered. Was T.R. Meyer going to leave us? Well, he has. Uh, yeah, um, it was interesting because obviously I, there were, I had two games before that that that, that trade happened. Nashville that's on the 23rd, Chicago on the 25th. He was a healthy scratch for both. But I thought, well, he was still with an injury. Because I thought, TMI got injured before the trade. So I thought, oh, it's because of the injury. Not because, oh, maybe he could go. Because I wasn't too sure. But, no, he has gone. Um, That's one big question. He is a big loss. He will definitely be missed. But the Sharks have managed to survive big stars going before. And we will again. So... We, we, the time pool in Saturday is, is massive. We, we'll, we'll be fine. It's going to be fine. Um, spa situation. Uh, the other big question in the trip up in your season, season would Patrick Kane lead the Blackhawks? Well, that million dollar, well, more like billion dollar question has been answered. Yes. Yes, he has. I never thought it, hey. So, I think there have been some big shocks with this trailer line. The big shock was, of course, the, the LA Kings doing their star net mind the dirty. I mean, if you've been around the league long as I have, you know how big, big of an asset uh, Jonathan Quick has been to the LA Kings. He was a huge factor in their Stanley Cup victories in 2020, in, in 2012, sorry, in 2012 and 2014. And, of course, also helped the Kings to make it, uh, make the... Western Carl Bar is also 2013 as well. Um, so, that even takes a recording to me, and, that, and yet there's probably one of my big rivals. But wow, LA, really? You're going to steady to Columbus? Of all teams? Really? You're going to send a player like that who's done you so much good service over the years? You're going to stay into Columbus? No, 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 no. But Vegas, really? Really? No, I, I, I think they'll have to move him. I, 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 right, once again, Vegas have put themselves in a very interesting position come the off-season. Um, so, I, I don't think Aiden Hill's going to stay. Um, could we buy him back? I don't know. Because um, the worst question about whether or not we were going to get rid of James Reimer, that did not happen. A trade did not happen. Also, there was talk to Eric Carlson going, that did not happen. But, hmm. I think Aiden Hill's going to be on the move again come the end of the off-season. Um, and I don't think Jonathan Quick will stay either. And of course, what's going to happen with Robin Leonard? Because he is still on a contract with Vegas. He's got a contract due coming up. Is he going to stay? Is he going to go? Who knows? Um, yeah, oh, Vegas, really? You never learn, do you? never learn. You never learn. It's all that casino money. All that casino money that Vegas keeps making. Vegas, put it in savings. Savings for rainy days. Rainy days? Does Nevada not have rainy days? Is it just splurge, splurge, splurge? Uh, probably just splurge, splurge, splurge. Um, but yeah, that. And, um, yeah. Uh, and also, I think we'll keep an eye on the Minnesota Wild because they made some very bold moves there. Minnesota said it's probably not going to be your year. You probably will get a playoff, playoff berth. Um, because that central business has been all over the place this year, but I don't think it's your year this year, mate. It's either Boston or New Jersey for me. Those are the two I see, um, being the cup contenders. 
Uh, New Jersey is my official pick. Boston, we're all going to think it's going to be Boston's going to be a favourite. Um, hmm, but maybe Minnesota is, is starting to smell something. Maybe they're sensing in a few years time we might finally have a chance. Hmm, we'll see about that one. Um, but yeah, so very interesting trailer. That. And what I thought was very interesting, just finish it off, finish it off. I thought it was very interesting how we saw a lot of the big blockbusters happen pre-trade deadline. So, the Tima Myers trade, the Patrick Kane trade, Jonathan Quick's saga. Um, that all got right up the fortune. I think this is something we might be seeing more of in the future. I think in future years to come, you're going to see more big blockbuster trades happen before the trade deadline. And then the trade deadline day will probably be sorting out the last, any last minute deals that have been, that have been made that are coming through the conveyor belt. That's why I think the future is going to be for trade deadlines going forward. Um, but it's kind of nice because it gives you more time to digest it and what, what's happened. Because some of them literally go, whoa, I did not see that coming. And I did not see Patrick Kane leaving the Blackhawks. Did not see that coming. Obviously, there are still a few question marks out there um, of what might happen uh, with some players who we thought were going to go, but haven't. Haven't. That will probably, and of course, we do have a couple of those. That is probably going to be something to keep me out during the off season. So, if you say, so, if any of you do this, let's come think of players who you thought might go, were going to go. Uh, keep them in the back. Put them right on, right on paper. Keep them in the back. Save it. Save it for the off season because that might happen. Okay, there you go. So, yeah, so I love if we brought this segment back. We did it last year because last year there wasn't that much news going on going on the conference. We thought, well, it's been a busy month. Let, it's been a busy trailer line. Let's round it all up. Um, and I thought, bring it back this year because obviously I'm still trying to get back into rhythm from being back in um back in back from my trip. The, the jet lag is almost gone. Um, I'm nearly, nearly clear, nearly clear, nearly clear. Um, I'll definitely be, be reviewed on, on the next show, but it's nearly, nearly done, nearly done, nearly over the line. Um, I quite liked it last year, so I thought, let's bring it back. And I think we should make this a permanent thing. I think we should, because it's real fun. Um, opportunity to recap errors going on the trailer. Yeah, so this is going to be a recurring thing going forward. Um, so yeah, so... Wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. So there you go. So that concludes your roundup of the 2023 NHL trade deadline. Alright, welcome to another exciting edition of Cooler Corner. It's a really, really exciting one. At uh, this time, because obviously, as you all know by now, if you have listened, watched, and listened to the Travel Diary, <sighs> I finally got my first ever Barracuda Games. Oh my god, I was so excited for this. Was the one thing I didn't get to do the fir first time round my trip in 2018. I did not get to do that five years ago. Um, so I was really, really excited this year that I was able to actually get to have some Barracuda games. And of course, with this being their first year in there, 
own building, their own home, their own facilities, that makes it even more special. Because in say tech, because when we look back in, in on this first year of Texas Arena in say ten years, fifteen years time, how many of us are gonna say that they were part of that first year in Texas Arena? Whether you were there for the opening night back in October, or you've been to or two games like I was, um, how many of us are going to be able to say in like ten or fifteen years down the line? How many of us are going to be able to say that we were a part of that first year at Texas Arena? That is just absolutely amazing. And again, another bit of bit of history. I'm so proud of our part. I got to be part of a lot of history on this trip. I really did. So, yeah, it's amazing. And we kick, obviously, kick off this Cooler Corner with my those first two Barracuda games I got to attend. It was just such an amazing. Honestly, Texas is such a gorgeous facility. So, I recommend you get yourselves down to a Barracuda game. Um, and, of course, it's such a gorgeous facility. So, I can so see why we got chosen for the actual classic. Next year, so everybody that's going to be going to the actual classic, you are going to be in for such a treat. Right, let's get down to the business. Oh, and one more thing. I also got to be frenzy! Oh, oh, it was a little sneak attack, which I do go into a bit more of the Trouble Diary. So you worry about, about that, go and listen, look, go and check out the, out the Trouble Diary. It's, it's, well, it's part, it's part of Bar Burner Show, and it's also on my YouTube channel as well, so go check that out, you can... But yeah, it's a bit crazy. Still waiting to meet Sharky in real life, but hey, uh, that will come one way or another. Right, let's go on to the cooler call for the month, shall we? Ah, really tough month though. I mean, we're in a really, really difficult position. Our playoff, our hopes are on now life support because Tucson they just seem to not be able to slip up, and yet really they're the only team that we can sort of technically catch. Um. But yeah, so, mm -hmm. and what was really tough about this month is that there were a lot of back-to-back, -back, the Barracuda were only able to get points from one of them, not both of them. And that's why I feel like really hitting them throughout this month. The fact they've not been able to win both parts of the back-to-backs has really, really hindered them. And I think it's taken a massive raw day into our playoff hopes, but like I said, they are on life support. Right, let's go. Marsh Bird. The Ontario Rain two, your Barracuda four. This was a really, really great game of hockey. Both sides really, really in it. And the Barracuda, they managed to net a pair of short-handed goals um, on Friday night at Texas Arena, running past the Ontario Rain at four two. And yeah, it really was the Rain's power play that let them down because you know. Whenever the brain were on a power play, it was just we were able to fire the back of the net. And um, I think they did get one one, um, one goal on the power play, but it was more of a consolation rather than, yeah, for them. But yeah, their power play. But we really, really, that was when we really went on our best game of hockey, where we really just took on the rain uh, power play. So, in our first period, the Cuda outshot the Ray 8 to 7. Um, each team were on the power well, the power play, um, the game remained nil-nil after what Pompey played. So, in the second, after Patrick Seahoff was called for hooking, and while well, on the penalty kill, Luke Johnson ripped home his first short-handed uh, goal of his career, snapping an eight-game goalless drought in the process. 
And then at 7-12, Derek Pelu picked up off a pass in the neutral zone. Uh, he raced up the left wing and spotted Danny Agustinin, who fired in a low shot along the ice to give the Barracuda to the lead. And then at 11-20, Tyler Madden, he did cut the lead back down to one um, on a back post pass from TJ Tarrant. But our captain, Adrian Gazina, would bank on it in a short at 30-32 while on a delayed power play, uh, putting the Barracuda back up by two. So at 4.39 on, on, on the third, while on the pair to kill, the Cougar would take a 4-1 lead. Leas Anderson blew a tyre in the D zone, um, leading to a... Oh, the Oso, sorry, the Oso, sorry, in the Oso, leading to a 2-1-1 back the other way. And Jeff Buell would slide the puck over to Agazino, who snapped in his second of the game. Um, Madden would score at 8.40, while on, the, on a 5-3 on power play. That was, so that was the raised low power goal to give us a little bit of scare at Texas U. But, unfor- but luckily for us, the Barracuda would hold off any on- attack for the 4-2 win. And they uh, made 25 saves to improve the set 2-0 against the rain this season. While Matt Beatas allowed 4 on 22, snapping a 5-game winning streak. So 24 hours later... Coachella, would we get it? No, no, we got. This was a really, really frustrating game, and it was very interesting to see the contrast between the mess that I had just come from at SAP Centre to here at Texas U, and you see passion, you see drive, you see determination, you see that never say die at you. Where was that a couple of hours ago at SAP Centre? <sighs> Both sides exchanged leads five times. Sorry, I attacked the arena. But a late goal, and it was late. That was the difference as Kachabai collected a 5-4 win. And in that loss, Barracuda captain Andrew Gazida extended his point streak to eight games in the process, collecting his 500 NHL point when scored in the first period. Uh, let's go into more detail now. In that first, Colin directed in a back post pass from Max McCormick to give Coachella the 1 0 lead at 8.54. The Barracuda would level the scoring now on the power play. I guess he received a Thomas Bordelone feed, uh, beating Chris Drieger. I'm very surprised that Drieger actually was on the Coachella's roster because I thought he would have still been with the Kraken as one of their backups, but that was a bit of a shock. So, you know he's going to be good in that. Um, but eight seconds later, Ozzy Winblatt would give the Barracuda the first, a lead 2 1. He swiped in a Tristan Robbins shot. At 16 12, Jeremy McKenna at one side of power play goal from the left wing to tie the game at 2 2. But unfortunately, 58 seconds later, Riker Evans' point shot would go off Alex True, giving the Firebirds that 3-2 lead to go into the, into the intermission. In the second, the Barracuda put 19 shots on there. But it wasn't until, with about 31 seconds remaining, so 90-29, when Jeff Beal powered in a net drive while shorthanded to level the scoring at 3-3. Tie at 3-3, Martin Kalt would give us the, the free, the 4-3 lead at 3-29. Uh, 
of the third period. So it's using that momentum for that late goal. The second. <coughs> he tipped in an Artemi Kinesia shot. At 9.21, Jimmy Short uh, fired in the equaliser. And then with 2.29 remaining in the game, uh, Ty Carte would get the game-winning goal. Strathman suffered the loss, giving up five goals on 38 shots. Rodriguez picked up the win by making 37 shots. So, yeah, so those are, that, those, are those only two. I would have loved to bad more, but the fact that I should actually get some career games was just amazing. So, absolutely just amazing. It was such a wonderful to be there. It really was. And to be part of their first year in their own home. Such an honour. Right. We need to continue the remainder of the crew call now. So, March the 8th. Guess who's back again? We're on Terra Rain for the how many times now these last couple, couple of weeks? On their soil this time. So, bring out the ice jerseys and we rip them 6 2. <laughs> so, they closed out its eight games season series with the rain. Um. Picking up a 6-2 win. In that victory, Daniel Guzlin recorded a career best three assists. And Kyle Christina notched his eighth career multi-goal game. In the first, the Barracuda would turn the puck over behind their net. And at 106, Alan Quinn wrapped in the first goal of the game on the first shot. At 3.23, we'll read They'll level the score by snapping one off the far post and in from the right wing. Coming on the Barracuda's first shot. On Saturday's second shot, Deathview would make it goals in consecutive games and points in seven in a row. Beating Carl Patterson on a one face-off at 5 4 10 6 Tyrell Goulburn beat Arundel glove side to even scoring uh, at two apiece. In the second phase, the Cuda would explode for three goals to take a 5-2 lead. At 6-0-2, Chris Galino, he went forehand to backhand on a partial breakaway. Then Luke Johnson went top shout on a Daniel Gushnim shot off the pad of Pearson. At 14-36, Andrew Agazino completed the three-goal second period by making it goals in three straight games and points in the last nine. He directed in a redale pass off the back post, and the Barracuda finished the period by going 3 for 3 on the penalty kill. In the third, Chris Canino, he swiped in a Thomas Board loan pass at 18-14, and then the Barracuda rolled to the 6-2 win. That improved to 3-0 against the Rain this year, making 24 saves, while Person he suffered his fifth consecutive loss by giving up 6 goals on 22 shots. And March the 10th, so the next back-to-back, this tie goes to the Condors. 4-0 win for the, for the Cuda in the first one. Uh, they got 23 saves from Arundale and a natural hat-trick from Jeff Beal. Uh, Blagging the big four Condors. Uh, the shutout win, which was the first in franchise history against the Condors on the road. Inches the bad could win three points for the Tucson Rovers and the Condors for the Pacific Division final uh, two playoff spots. But really at this stage, it's only Tucson. I think really we could try and catch if possible. But let's really not focus on that. So about you guys, that's Wrestling Me Now and nothing it is. Right. 
In the first, the Barracuda jumped up to a 1-0 lead as Brandon Kirk guided a pass to Arsene Knieser as he came down from the point and the second-year defender slid a shot in from close range past Olivia Rodrigue at 5.49. After the Cardinals were called for holding, Bjorn made its goals in three consecutive games and points in his last eight. With a goal at 12-12, Barracuda first appeared with a 2-0 lead out shooting the Cardinals 14-2. Woo! In years gone by, that would be the other way around. In the second, Beal would notch his second of the game as Aussie wins Black, found him late in the high slot. Uh, then, after Luke Exeter was called for a pair of penalties, leading to a four minute back in the power play, Beal would complete the natural hat trick as Co bound him, parked on atop the crease at 11.15. In the third, Dalmay 11 saves to pick up the 23 save shutout as the Barracuda have closed out the 4 0 win. With that, Dell goes to 10 11 2 on the year, 2 and 1 burst Baker's build. Rodrigue stuffed the lost line 4 goals on 25 shots, ending his 3 game winning streak. And Jacob Pearson finished with a career best 3 assists, his first 3 points in a Barracuda jersey. While the while Kyle collects the career best two assists. Twenty-four hours later, on March eleven, and what's been a theme with these back-to-backs, the back the back that dropped the second one. Six-two Condors win. Uh, they closed out its three-game road trip, um, for in six-two to the Condors in the first. The that were outshot twenty-two-four. Ah, there you go. Normal service resumed against the Condors. The 9.45, Bakersfield would break the ice as Seth Griffin by an attempt over past Aaron Down on just its second shot of the game. The Barracuda would tie up as Thomas Bordolo got around Max Gildam. And Andrew Gazzino tipped in his pass through the five hole of Calvin Picard. On the Barracuda got called for a late first period penalty. Raphael Lovely zipped a shot over the right shoulder up down to make it 2-1 Condors. He then would notch his second of the game at 6 4 to the second on a 2 on 1, again beating Dow over the right shoulder. After Nick Sissick had fallen at his blue line, Griffin would go forehand to backhand on a breakaway to make it 4 1 at 14 40. 17 Noah Phillip uh, slides the shot, slide shot on the Dow to Carly, the very goal period. Entering the third, Strassman would replace Dell for a five on three power play. Griffin would complete the hat trick on a stick side rip, giving the Condor 6 1 lead, 11 1. Darren Brady would finally stop the bleeding with a goal at 14 3, but Brad Kidder would fall 6 2. Dell summoned the defeat, giving up five goals on 33 shots, while Calvin Pickard collected the win, making 27 saves. <laughs> Moving on to March 15, and another win over the horses! <laughs> How the mighty have fallen, Henderson! How the mighty have fallen! <laughs> Although, if we, if, we, if we reflect back, Henderson's first year was actually a shortened season, so... Let's face it, whatever. 
Daddy just love it when you can beat a beggar's team and buy a petty margin. Six two. Six. Six two. Down go the horses. All right. The market entered the third period. Tied, but they would give up. Oh, got the wrong one. Sorry. Oh my god. Right. Let me try and find. Let me try and find. Oh, I got the wrong one up. Where was it? Uh. Mm hmm. Oh, I had it there. Uh. Two seconds. Oh. Maybe two seconds. I thought I was loading it. Load the right one up. Oh, that's one for later. Uh, oh god, but you've got everything repaired and you don't. Alright. Oh, that's the one I forgot to. Ah, uh, I'll load it up. Alright. Bear me two seconds. It's loaded. Okay, now it's loaded now. I'll just reload the others. You always think before you before you start recording, you always think you've got everything set up ready for your segment, and then you realise that you're recording the seg said segment. Not the case. <laughs> oh dear. Right, so it's been me two seconds. Let me reload it up. Oh my god. I must still be the serious case of jet lag had I. Oh. mistake to make. Anyway, right. Me involved a lot of hyperlinks. Right. I've all double checked that everything's been loaded up correctly. So. Two seconds. Yep. One more. Right. There we go. Now we'll, now we'll be. Oh, yes. Down go the horses! 6 2. Right. Now we can get back on track. 6 2. March 15 it was. The Barracuda have scored five unanswered goals at Texas Arena. <laughs> it was a very early, early day. Was it what? Half ten in the morning? Face off? Jesus Christ! Anyway, with that win, the Cuda closed out the eight game season series with the Horses by going. Wait for it. 6 1 0 1. those sort of margins against their parents then we then they'd be more lip more you know a bit more easy to cope with as rivals anyways we'll move on we'll move on right just 27 seconds in the first period Ozzy Winsblatt started this score fest jammed in a loose puck to give the Cuda its earliest lead this season earliest ever this season the Knights would, uh, would answer back on a Brendan Borussia goal at 4-2 as he ripped in his own rebound and then took its first lead on a Brendan Pasha tally at 13-29. But, as we all know, it was a very early game. It was a morning face-off, finding our sea legs. 
and Arthur Spencer Foo was was called for holding and Dragon Seizure while Captain made it goals in consecutive games as Daniel Gushnin found him uncovered on the backside. In the second, Mercury would, would outshoot uh, the Horsies 16 to 8 and took their lead back. In the closest stage of that period, at 1801, Martin Couch beat Isa Seville on the right wing after receiving a pass from Artie and Kniza. In the third, Gushin would snap in an insurance goal from the slot at the 51 second mark of the third period. While the Barracuda was still on the said power play, after Jake Bishop was called for cross-checking near the end of the second, then at 2.05, Kyle Criscolino would go upstairs on a breakaway, drop pass from Kout, and the Barracuda would then steal the deal with a shorty, short, uh, not just any shorty, it's a short-handed anti-net goal from Agazino at 15.01. Very, that's very early to pull the net minder. Very, very early. Not even, not even the Minnesota Wild would do that early. And they're famous for pulling their net minders early, very early. Wow. Did the, did the horses fall? Yeah, do you know what? We're not going to win this. We're probably, we are eliminated from contention anyway. Should we give them a freebie? Should we give them a freebie? Yeah. Cheers. You won't catch your parents doing that, Henderson. You won't catch your parents doing that. They're more for kill, kill, kill. Oh, I don't know. You've still got a lot to learn. I mean, they're only about, what, what, Henderson? Three now? Yeah, they're only, they're only three. They've still got a lot to learn. Right, Dell picked up the victory in previous to 4 out against the Horsies, making 21 saves, while Zabel suffered the four, his four straight loss, uh, alive five goals on 28 shots. <laughs> right. So March eighteen. Um, hockey is for everyone. Night. Texas in town. A bit. A big. Oh. Up to it again. Up to it again. Oh my god, I am in such jet lag head tonight. I am in such jet lag head. I've done it again. Sorry, before that, I've done it again. Oh my god. You're gonna have to bear with me. The jet lag really has taken its toll this time. It really has. Oh my flipping god. Right. Okay. We will come back to March 18 in a moment, but before that, we've got to go and do March 17, which was the first part of the Texas doubleheader. We um, got shot down 6-2. Lost 6-2 scorelines this month. <sighs> Not a lot of them good. Don't like it. Right. They end... Right. Ah, this is the one I start started before, but... Right. So the end of the third tied, but would give up four goals in the final 20, and Texas rode away 6-2. So the first, Texas dictates the pace of play. They open the scoring at 19.42 as Rep Gardner slid a pass to Curtis McKenzie on a two-on-one, and the Texas captain snapped a shot past Strauss. Man. In the second, the Barracuda would record a shot. Oh, they couldn't record a shot, sorry, until 10-16. But it was enough to tie the game. Martin Cout pulled the trigger from the right wing 
of the power play and Daniel Gustin tipped it through for his second in as many games. Uh Lisa Gardner would sling one on net, going off Riley Tuff and as Enos the Stars would go back up by one. Uh, but with three more seconds remaining in the period, Jeff Beal would uh, steer the puck through. Remy Porres by fall. I loved it, 2-2. Then the third, the Stars would explode for four goals, including a tanny from Riley D. Money. Four or five seconds into the period, and he turned and fired a shot upstairs on man from between the circles. At 4.31, Tuffet would power his way to the net. Does that rhyme? That's how it rhymes there. I hate rhyming. And he stuck a shot through the five hole to make it 4 2. That's 15 19. Matt Table would wipe in a loose puck from in right. And McKenzie would pot an empty netter at the 17 minute mark to complete the 6 2 stars win. Uh, so doing a horsey there, are we? Uh, Man made a career high 41 saves but allowed five goals and lost while Pua ended a two game skid by making it 32 saves. Right. Now back to March 18, hockey's red one night. Adabakuda opened the scoring early in the first period and would even and would never allow the Texas Stars a lead, claiming a 5-4 overtime win at Dixie Arena. So in the first, Brendan Coe would open the scoring three fifty into the fray, standing one over the shoulder, uh, doing well and ending a twenty-two game goalless drought. After Jeff Beal forced a Texas turnover, Kyle Cristino was to collect point number 200 in the NHL with an assist on that goal. At the 14-19 mark of the period, the Barracuda Netman Arundel would pick up his first NHL assist with a stretch pass to Adrock Cristino. Before Daniel Gustin would put one off the post and in. At 16-42, Nicholas Carolina would pull the stars within one on the short-handed breakaway. The second period would see Tristan Robbins go short side on Wells to restore that two-goal lead for the Barracuda at 1.34. The stars would make a goaltending change with Remy Poirier taking over in net. At 5.25, Riley Barber would beat Dirt along the ice to make it 3-2. Rhett Gardner would then tie the game at 13.45 with a quick shot over the left shoulder of Dell. Starting the third, even at three apiece, former Stars forward Jacob Pettersson would score the f- his first as a member of the Barracuda, sending one over the glove of Pierre. At 9.35, Barber would pick up his second of the game to tie the score once again with a power-blank shot in front of Dell. Overtime would be required, and it saw the Barracuda began with an extra f- um, with 113 left on a penalty kill, and with 142 remaining overtime, Patrick Sealer would pick up his first of the season in dramatic fashion, teaming up with Person to beat Poirier over the right shoulder to give the Barracuda the 5-4 win. Delphi tonight with 29 saves and multiple shots, picking up his second collective win, while Wells and Poirier combined between 6 saves on 31 shots on the te- in the Texas net. Right, let's make sure I've got the rest loaded up correctly now. We've got, yeah. Right, another back to back, March 21st. Oh my god, in Colorado. Um. 
Right, I'll try to do this one quickly because it's not pretty. 8 0 loss. Um, bad could have sworn an only power opportunity, but the card equals would open the scoring. Shorthanding and never look back. Defeating Zaz 8 0. Um, in the first round, Wagner would open the scoring 6.35 into the game with the Eagles shorthanded, putting home a rebound into an open net. Club silent and now just over 10 minutes later at the 8.39 mark with a cluster of bodies net front, Riley McCaw would pick up the second of the night for Colorado. At 50.26, Mikola Mercy would fire a laser from the face-off circle to the left of Dow to extend the Colorado lead. Adding a fourth with 31 seconds remaining in the period, David Burns would slide one around Dow to put the equals up 4 nothing. Second period would look similar. Eagles controlling play, however, Strassman would take over in net on the back the Barracuda. 4.48 into the second, Charles Hudden finds the back of the net on the power play with a shot from the face-off circle. It would take 9.27 to see the pick See the Barracuda called their first shot in the middle frame. And it would be Colorado that picked up their sixth of the night at 14.28. Mouse, he would uh, pick up his second of the night on the fourth of three power plays, sending one over the glove of man. 16.26, Sampo ran tech with beat man short. So a deflection to put the Eagles ahead by seven with another goal in the final minute of a, of a, of a period. Alex B. Knez would get a bounce off a Barracuda defense and Darren Brady to beat Brown for Colorado's eighth of the night. The being stopped the Barracuda in the third period, but they would be unable to solve Colorado's net minor, Keith Kincaid. Uh, Dale's night would end after 10 saves on 14 shots, while Mann would stop 17-21 relief. Kincaid remained perfect with 21 saves, earning his first shutout in an Eagles jersey in an 8-0 victory. 24 hours later, and it doesn't get any better. Well, they found the back of the net, just uh, couldn't. It was a regulation loss. They open the scoring on the power play, hold a lead through two periods, but bail in the end in regulation time, 3 2. In the first, Tristan Robbins would open the scoring 8 26, shooting short style on Justin Aaron on the power play. The tally would stand as the only goal in the first period and gave the Barracuda their first lead of the back-to-back -back set against Colorado. However, second period would see the Eagles tie the game at the 2-16 mark with a power play goal of their own as Charles Hudden would fire one behind Arendelle from the face-off circle. It was not taken off with the Barracuda to see another power play opportunity and Robbins would laser one behind and then once more with some quick passing from Brennan Kurt and Shecky McConaughey. The assist would be McAnean's first in a Barracuda jersey, while the goal would earn Robbins his first special multi-goal game in the Barracuda would carry that into the second mission with a 2-1 lead. Third period saw the Eagles tie the score, score two and a half goals, the first coming off the stick of Cedric Pair at the 5.58 mark as he tapped in a loose pock to beat Stell. And they then pick up the second power play goal of the night. Hudson picks up his second of the night and the 16th power play turning of the season with a near identical shot as his goal in the first period. Both Barker and Eagles would score twice on six power opportunities with Zaze being assessed 30 per minutes to the Eagles. 50!
with the band of Clay on their roster. Uh, Dale appears tonight making 29 saves on 32 shots, while Annie Raymond would stop 32 of 34. Okay, and then we... Yes, another back to back. No one gets the condors. This time on our turf. Yeah. We're fine for the of the segment. It's all going to be fine now. Uh, so we take them down. 5-1, March 25. Back here, scoring early in that first period. And never look back. Defeating the Bakersfield Condors. 5-1. In that first period, Tristan Robbins would open the scoring 5-41 into the game. Sweeping the puck home around a sprawling Calvin Pickard for the second consecutive game. The rookie's tally would stand as the only goal in the first period and gave the Raccoon the lead. Uh, back to Benjamin Patrick, seed off and newly signed to an ATO forward, Nathan Burke. I pick up the assist, Burke's first professional point. In the second period, Burke would go on to find the back of the net himself. Just two eights here the second period, beating Pickard short side. And the Condors would see a goal from Noah Fitt to put the Bex Bowman in one, beating Anne down with a quick shot inside the right post. Uh, the third period with Seabuck with another early goal, restore that two goal advantage. Um, with his second goal of the night on a partial breakaway. Under three minutes later, Thomas Borlo would hit the twine on the power play to extend the Barracuda lead with a, with a one timer. Following some quality passing from Derek Poole and Carl Crisco, with just one try remaining in the game. Redding Carl would put the Barracuda up 5 1 to finish the game, scoring, picking here his corner over the left shoulder of Picard. Three Barracuda players would pick up a multi point game. Burke finished tonight with three points, as would Robbins, um, with Raskat picking up two points of his own. They will pick up the win number 13 on the season, uh, making 19 saves on 20 condor shots. Picard, he stopped 26 of 31 in their loss. Well, sadly, 24 hours later, 4-1 condors win. After a slow start in the game, the Barracuda fell to the Bakersfield Condors 4-1. Uh, First period would see few whistles and no scoring until Thomas Bordelow would backhand the puck into the net after receiving a backdoor pass from Jeffrey Beale, giving Zaze a 1 0 at 16.41. However, Vegas Bull would respond soon after at 19.38 with a quick 3 on to rush. Luke Espino would hit Greg McKegg's stick in tight to tie the game at 1 heading into intermission. Oh, to score a second period, D- Dylan Holloway on the power play. Oh my god, that sounds like it rhymes! I hate rhyming. Uh, we give the Condors their first lead of the game uh, at the 5-11 mark of the third uh, period. Merkin would put would pull down the extra attacker, but they still would capitalise twice on the internet with goals from McKegg and Justin Bailey to tie, end the game 4-1. Bakersfield outshot Sarze, 22-20, going 1-4 for four on the power play and a perfect 3-3 well, three for three on the penalty kill. Olivia Rodrigue made 19 saves for the win, while Dell made 18 saves in the losing effort. Right, and then finally, March, last day of the month, March 21st, Texas Stars. We take them down in 
Ooh, have I got that right in my notes? Well, I have, yes. You know, another time. I had to double check there for a second. Yeah, got it right in my notes. No, it's right. Yeah, okay, right, okay. Barracuda got 20 saves from Aaron Down. A battle way to pick up a 2 1 overtime win against the Texas Stars in their barn. No, that was not another rhyme on my own. Thank you very much. I hate rhyming. In the first, each team put nine shots on net, but no goals were scored. So 2.1 is the opening. 20. Stars for Matchley's Bloomer took a check near the right side half wall that left the forward injured on the ice. After being stretched off, the game got delayed for over 20 minutes for a new EMT to arrive. And then Bloomer was moving and current following the hit. In the second, Barracuda would go on to a major power play. After Bradley Barber was given a five-minute major threat and a game with Condor for headbutting. Headbutting? Really? Texas, really? Come on! Have you, have you docked his wages? Have you docked his salary for that? Come on, no need for that. You deserve to lose for that. The Barracuda would fail to score, on though, on that third power play, but would cash in at 15-17 while short-handed. Calcoskino led a better, say, sorry, better pass to Tristan Robbins, who snapped a short over the, the blocker of Scott Wedgwood. In the third, the Stars pushed back and would level the scoring, which when Ryan Shea snuck a low pull off the trigger through a traffic at 10.33 after a barracuda giveaway. No more goals would be scored after Texas equalised. So we go to overtime for the second consecutive meeting. Um, at the 48th second mark, Andrew Agazino, our captain, springs a pass to Derek Lou, who snapped and shot him from the left side of the knife. Great there. And that finishes off what's been a really, really, really difficult, difficult run. Little with back-to-backs. And the Barracuda's failure to capitalise on both sets, on both nights. At this stage, it's just, oh my god. So, it does mean that April is going to be a heart attacker. Because technically, we're not mathematically out. I know it looks it's a stretch. And our playoff hopes are technically on life support. With the beeps literally rapiding as we speak. Um, but yeah. It's going to be a really, really hard attacking month in April. It's not easy. We've got back. We've got back to backs with Texas. We've got we've got the second part of the of this back to back with Texas. You've got a back to back with Colorado. We've got and also we finished the season with with two stars. Back to back against two stars. So it's not going to be easy, but it could still be doable. But we'll have to see. We will have to see. Yeah, so there you go. But that concludes what's been a very, very tough, tough month for the, the Barracuda. Alright, it's now time to continue our look backs on the past month. And as promised, I will not be holding back on the debacle that happened on Hockey's Bedroom Night. Trust me, that will be coming up very, very, very imminently. <coughs> but first... <laughs> We've got a little... Kraken games to talk about. 
March 16, uh, Kraken 2, Sharks 1, uh, Overtime. Okay, um, yeah. This was actually quite hard to try and, you know, dissect. Um, you know, when barely anything happened in the game. I mean, it took until the penalty shot to be awarded uh, to Zaze in that third period. Um, when, you know, the crowd just took the roof off the building when William Eklund cashed in for his second ever goal in back-to-back nights. That is just brilliant work. <clears throat> Basically, you know, the Kraken, you know, they would rain on our parade and, and give us um, more frustrations in overtime uh, rather than jubilation in regulation. And that's really what I can really say about that game. It, 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 it's so odd. It's one of those rare... It's one of those very rare times where actually you can't really re report on that much because not much really really happened. Despite the fact how this, these games now and this final stretch are really, really crucial for the Kraken and Seattle. I want you to get in the playoffs. Um, but... Yeah, it was quite tough to, um, it, it, easily, it easily could have been one of those, you know, 1-0 wins that could have gone either side, but in the end, you know, it was settled in overtime, but, but both teams, oh, well, there's something here. Anyway, right, okay, now we've reached the debacle, we can't avoid it anymore. Right, so March 18, the Islanders come to town, and it was hockey is for everyone night. Now, quite coincidental. It was also Hockey is Everyone Night over at Texas Arena when the Barracuda were hosting the Texas Stars. But, oh my God. Now, if you thought I had it bad on March the 4th with, with the Sharks Capitals Barracuda Coachella Firebirds game, this was the worst because the Cooners game began at, I think, about 6pm Pacific time and the Sharks weren't faced off till 7.30 Pacific time. Oh my god. Could you imagine if, if, I, if I was still there? I definitely would have had to have picked the Barracuda over the Sharks for that one. Wow. I mean... These, 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 these double-headed knights, they're just not working like they used to. They really are just not. It's dreadful. It's just dreadful. Like I mentioned in the corner, you're missing out on maximising your opportunity of having both... At your AHL club and your AHL club in the same city. You're missing out on maximising that off that great opportunity that the bag could have given us for eight solid years now. And it's just... Uh, By the way, if I was there, if my... Um, uh, at the time, I would have chosen the Barracuda over the Sharks just to get that on the record. Um, okay, so... Right, let's talk about it. Okay, so... Hockey night for oh no sorry why do I, why am I still calling it hockey night is it is, is it am I still not recovered from jet lag? Well, I need to bash my head head on the desk or probably won't. But why am I why am I calling it hockey night? Every night's hockey night, right? Okay, should we try again? I think the jet lag's still still plaguing me. It really must do. Anyways, right. As you all know, this season, Hockey is for Everyone Night has been causing a little bit of debacles um, over the fact that certain players from certain teams 
have point blank refused to wear the Pride jerseys. Uh, the now, the first case I was aware of was with the Philadelphia Flyers, and then there was a second case not long after regarding the New York Rangers. So, so it's very simple. A certain player from their team, respectively, that I did chose not to point blank wear the the Pride jersey. Um. So ours rolls around March 18, and we and we have um. Dejart's got a great night plan. We're going to use the we're going to use this opportunity uh, to educate people on on the history, which is great. Because uh, the more educated you are about pride, the better. And yet, oh, James Reimer, he chooses not to wear the pride jersey. I'm like, Ugh. I'm like, oh, goodness. And his statement and the shark statement just did not help Matt. In fact, a lot of the statements from the T's te- the that have been in these buckles, they've not been great. Because it's like, well, you don't... It's like... <sighs> I just... I can't agree with that. I can't... So yeah, so James Rabbit chose not to wear, wear the, the Pride jersey. And yes, there were statements out. But I'm sorry, I just can't support that decision. I just can't support it. At the end of the day... This night, um, it's meant a really great deal deal to me uh, me over the, over the years. And in fact, I was on my first ever trip out to the tank back in twenty eighteen. I actually was there for our hockey is February night for that season. It was it was the game against Vancouver Canucks, and I had no idea until we got to the got to the tank because they were advertising on the plot on the uh, on the on the video screen. So I was like, oh yeah, so, yeah. But it's a really for me. I've always felt this has been this is a really really you know, important night because at the end of the day, hockey is for everyone, and ho- and as far as I'm concerned, hockey can never be for everyone until everyone involved with it feels safe, regardless who they are, whether it's players, coaching staff, or members of the organization, or the fans themselves. Okay, and it's not just about pride. I think I think this season, because this season they've been, they've been calling more pride night, like. But it's not all about pride. Okay, pride's the main factor. But it's also about celebrating, you know, everybody and making... And that hockey is a sport for everybody, regardless of your gender, ethnicity... Is that how I pronounced it? Um, religion, beliefs, backgrounds, disabilities, mental health, and of course sexual orientation okay so hockey is for everyone night covers a mass a wide range but pride has been made the center of it but that does not mean it's all one percent pride night and i was just like and i'm sorry but days i choosing to not wear the pride jersey to me to me sends a signal that you are not supporting what this cause is about and it's just it's just so it really got that decision. It really, really got got to me. He was the only one, but it really got to me, and it, I, 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 it just made me feel right. We don't deserve this. We don't deserve to win this game. We don't deserve to win. If we if we are not gonna have everybody involved in the organization be supportive and being inclusive, I'm sorry. You need you need to give that win to the Islanders. You really do. So 
So I had a face like thunder for the rest. For the rest. Is that how the expression is? Face like thunder? Anyway, I was in a bad, bad mood for the hot for the rest of the night. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah. But I just could not support that decision. I just cannot. He may be a shark. Well. He may not, well, whether he wants to stay a shark, debatable. But, but while you're on this team, you need to step up. And it's, oh, it's only for, and this is the thing I don't get with this season. It's only for warm-ups, all right? If I was in charge of, of the organisation, I would say, well, do you know what? Let's take it one step further and do the whole game in these jerseys. Because the Barracuda this season, they wore their pink jerseys, you know, for raising awareness for cancer. And then they also won games rub up near Christmas wear Christmas jumpers for a whole game. So, yeah, so, why not? I mean, Burnley, it was only for the warm-up period, which is only 20 minutes. You try to tell... It's basically the fall of... So you try to tell me, James Robert, you can't last 20 minutes wearing a Pride jersey to to raise awareness that tonight is hockey is for everyone night. It's like... It was only for warm-ups. And why did it really make my blood boil... He didn't even play the game! He did not even play the bloody game! He didn't even play the game! He didn't... It was Capo Kaka was in the net, which I didn't realise until about good, what, five, six minutes in. So, he wasn't even playing the game! Well, he didn't need to come for warm-ups there. He could have gone to the tunnel. Oh, my God, the cheek a bit. He wasn't even playing the bloody game, and yet he chose to do that. Oh my god, give me, give me strength. It's just, bloody cheek, the cheek of it. He's chosen to do an action that is again, action which some people have indeed is not appropriate. And he's not going to play the blue game. Cheek, put the jersey on. It's not like, oh, when you, when you put them on, that's you say you support it. You can have those beliefs by, but at the end of the day, this is a league... It's a league-wide initiative. In fact, I'm going to look at the definition of hockey every night to read it out to everybody. It's a league-wide initiative. The whole league does The whole National Hockey League does it. Um, it also now is in bot... Uh, the last few years, the American Hockey League has also uh, taken it and established it. So they also have the initiative to do this as well. And, of course, it was hockey every night on both sides of the, of the city. So, SAP Centre and at Texas Arena. Um... It's a league-wide initiative, just like how Hockey Fights Cancer is a league-wide initiative. We don't kick off a fuss about that, but yet we're willing to kick off a fuss about something that's really, really important, which is making this sport feel safe and inclusive for everybody, regardless of who they are. It's just... So, yeah, yeah, yeah the Pride community is a community too. It's exactly like, like everybody else. It's, uh, so... I feel like I need to do a tear pop bit because I really do. Um, but yeah, so I'll just read a little bit about the initiative. We will get to the gamer, but I just can't let this go. I can't let it drop. So Hockey is for Everyone uses the game of hockey and the league's global influence to drive positive social change and foster more inclusive communities. We support any teammate, coach or fan who brings heart, energy and passion to the ring. 
We believe all hockey programmes, from professionals to youth organisations, should provide a safe, positive and inclusive environment for players and families, regardless of race, colour, religion, national origin, gender identity or, ex- or expression, disability, sexual orientation and social economic status. So I pretty much all co- covered them all. Um, Except that, um, yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's about everybody. So it's not it's like I said. It's not just pride. Pride plays a big factor on it because that's why people use the base to create those wonderful hockey to everyone like we see over the years. But it's not just about pride. Pride's a part. Of, it's, it's part of the umbrella, and probably the big part. But it's not about pride. So you're trying to tell me that James Robert just for 20 minutes, just for the whole of a warm-up, couldn't even be bothered to wear the Pride jerseys. I think it's, it's just not on. It's just so not on. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I mean, I had a wonderful story. Let me see if I can find it. Um. Oh, God, I'm going I'm to struggle to pronounce that. Um. That happened. Um, throughout the uh, oh god, I'm not gonna be able to find it now, am I? God, there was a there was a, we had a little bent on, didn't we, in the build up? You know, to the week. Um. I'm not gonna find it, am I? No, no, oh no! There was a little bend that happened with one of the um. No, I'm not gonna find it, am I? Uh. No, I'm not going to find it, am I? <clears throat> so, there was an event that went on um, in the build-up in, um, in the, during the week um, involving the LGBT plus community. Um, and I forgot what it is. Oh, I'm not going to find it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I really want to take us back. Uh... Oh, no, I've got it, I've got it, right, so it was on the Monday prior, so Monday, the f- March 13th, um, members of the Saturday Sharks front office staff, uh, they faced off against members of the San Francisco Earthquakes um, LGBT plus um, adult hockey team in a friendly scrimmage at SAP Centre, and Sharky was there to basically act as the official... <laughs> Oh dear, Sharky being a nice official. Yeah, that's going to be a recipe for disaster. Oh, uh, yeah, so we did some amazing things for it. Let's say throughout the, you know, all breaks in plays, they're doing on all festivities. We used to actually educate people about LGBT Plus and Pride, which was, of course, an amazing thing to do. Because uh, the more you learn, the more you understand the, the Pride community. But I just could not support that, what Chase Rama did. It's absolutely just no. Wear the jerseys. Not that. 
It's not like, oh, not like, it's not like we're forcing this on you, okay? It's like, it's not like, oh, if you wear this, you, you, t you support them. No, you can have your views. It's just, every day, you are involved in a league, in one of the biggest sports leagues in the, in the, not just the country, but in the world. It's a league-wide initiative, which is not only in the major league, but it's also in the minor leagues. It's only for warm-ups. It's 20 minutes. Put the bloody jersey on. Then afterwards, it gets auctioned off. So it's not like you have to keep it. Okay, because after the game, obviously, it will get auctioned. So. It's just, I feel like this season, the whole initiative's gone wrong. It's gone wrong because some. Because I don't know why they've been called Pride Nights instead of Hockey. Everyone, because it's not just about Pride. It's a whole. There's so much more to it. But. Uh, so it's made my blood. Boil what he did. It made my blood really boil. It really, really, really stung me. Because I felt this initiative is so important to have. And I always look forward to this night every year in the season. Um, and he's bought it. He's bought it. Right. Can we get to the game itself now? Right, okay. I've let up enough steam. Let's get on to the game itself. So, in the end, in the end of the day, it was the Islanders that won outright. Naturally, for James Roberts, actions deserve to win outright. 4-1 in the end for the Isles, um, who are also, like the Kraken, in a sticky situation when it comes to playoff uh, scenarios. Okay, so... Kevin Levang, um, he showed how hard work on the ice could really pay off, you know, with his goal, which, uh, which came not too long after he left the penalty box. Um... But, you know, but once the Islanders, you know, tied it, they, they just never looked back, really. They just never looked back. Um, and for the main of the game, the Sharks just... Um, and in that second period, the Sharks just fell flat. They just couldn't find a response. And for the main of the game, it was just, you had to just ride it out. Ride it out. Ride it. Ride this mess out. Ride the mess out. Right. March 20. Oh, no. Well, there's five sharks bought over time. Oh my god! This re this result really, really frustrates me because for the first time, probably in the very, for a very long while. I'm not gonna say for the first time this season because I mean, there have been probably other times they have been like this, but we haven't we've just forgot about it. But I'm gonna say for the first time in a very long while, the sharks had fire in their system for all three periods, proving. They were the better team, you know, there. And that's not just because Edmonton, um, you know, just couldn't stop pressing their coach's challenge button. In, I mean, we, I have one piece of advice for the Edmonton and to quote from my favourite all-time musical, We Will Rock You, play the game! Edmonton, everybody play the game of love. Start off finish. Of love, love, of I did the end bit there, so um, I thought I started coming fish. I should have played the, played the actual track, but um, I didn't even think about that before I pressed the record button. Oh. Anyway, 
bad spot. <laughs> and not warmed up either. Not warmed up either because I'm um, not doing any, any vocal stuff today. It's just all podcast stuff today. So, um, yeah, so uh, that's a bit of a risk. But, uh, but, seriously, but that's what I was feeling as I was, as I was watching the game. It's like, for goodness sake, Oilers, just for goodness sake, play the bloody game. If there's a situation, if, if there's a situation where the referees haven't seen it, then let the situation room sound the horn and then take over. Bloody hell! Because this could be one eight three nine three victory for the Sharks. Maybe, maybe I lost count. I've really lost count. And so those disallowed goals—they were beauties. They were beauties. We saw some really beautiful goals, you know, from Alexander Barbala, Stephen Lorenz. Uh, Alright, Carlson also scored twice. Tawash Hurtle got on the board. Um, as well, as well, Andres Johnson would have got on the board, proving what a big asset he would have been from that New Jersey, the New Jersey trade. I'm really getting tongue-tied later, aren't I? I really am. Um, but yeah, but Johnson, give him more, give him a full season next year until I think I'll surprise you. He really isn't, since he came in that trade that you guys made to give to people to get to, to you and He's pretty as well. I think give him a full year until Johnson next year. It'll surprise us. You really will. Oh no, Gregor, they all found the net. It what could have really been just like a huge Sharks victory, like 8-3, 9-3, a lost cow. But seriously, over to us. Here's some advice for you going forward. In the words of We Will Rock You, my all-time favorite musical, play the game! I won't do it again all the way through. But just don't... Really frustrating, just really, really frustrating because the Sharks were the better team there. They were on fire all three periods and just yet yeah, couldn't, couldn't strike, could not strike. Oh god, we got to top up Vancouver now. March 23. Uh, the only part of the Western Canadian road trip that was not in Alberta is basically the pit stop um, to Vancouver, British Columbia. 7 2 Canucks. Just, it just this me, just back in this game. Anytime the Sharks tried to do something good, it just got thrown back in their faces. Well, to quote another one of my favourite musicals, Wicked, no good deed goes unpunished. I won't sing the song, because like I said, I'm not warmed up, and that's a really high in the vocal range, so I won't do the song. But hey, as it says, but, uh, anyway, but yeah, uh, we're, yeah, whether it was Tomas Hurtle getting the team back within a, within one to make it 2-1. Yes, it was at 1.21. Or Andrew Agazzino scoring short-handed in the, in the third period. Uh, you know, the turnovers and the timekeeping and that probably in the first period, it just sealed the Sharks bait from the very beginning. It just, just sealed the deal right really on. Although I don't know why Vancouver thought they would need to, need to go full out on this game because, as I said when I was watching the game, you're not making the playoffs either. And our commentators themselves quit that as well. Neither side is going to go to the postseason. So I don't know why Vancouver felt they need to literally give us a good damn thrashing. That's not going to help your help your case. You're you're eliminated too, mate. You're eliminated too. You're not going to the playoffs either. So just calm it down there. Calm it down. Ugh. Right. And then back to our bird test. On March 25, the rough side. <laughs> the rough side, Alberta. Um, Shark 3, Flames 5. Clear something in the waters in Alberta. 
as once again the Sharks were involved in a high-octane game. It's going to be very, very interesting because we will be finishing the season next month in Alberta. So, uh, yeah, so, uh, might be going out in the high come April 13. We'll see, we'll see, who knows. Um, it saw the league change, you know, several times, back and forth, back and forth. Um, Logan Couture, Anika Sturve, and Martin Cow all found the back of the net. Um, however, that determination just sort of fizzled in the third period. Uh, when Calgary took that lead, the Sharks just, just, just could not find a way, you know, back. Oh, and it was another really devastating to beat. Right. And the last two games of the month, pressure on. No home win yet. Two tough opponents. Could it be done? Well, the answer is... Oh, bloody yes, it could! Woo! Oh, the relief. Because I was familiar. I thought, oh my God, are we going to go a full month without a home win? Did it good, didn't it? Right. March 28th. We need to have more games with the Winnipeg Jets, don't we, this season? Yes, we do. Second time this month, we might have beat them. Jets, Dale, Sharks, three. And there is actually still one more matchup to come with, with them. I think it's in their barn. Uh, still to come. So, yeah. So, James Rabbit had a fabulous night in there. He stopped all 41 shots he faced. Um, as the Sharks really showed aggression. And tenacity, two major things that have been lacking at the tank uh, this month. I'm just this month. I'm not gonna go as a whole, but cause, um, but this month in general. No, Gregor, he got things starting in the first before Caliban and Martin Cowles. Pat um, scored in the third period, helped seal the deal. Cowles was a part of the goal. I should mention as well. That sealed the deal to finally get the first win on home soil for this month. And that also puts a major dent in the Winnipeg Jets' playoff hopes. Um, something I don't think you would have said back at the start of the year, would you? But, um, but yeah, Winnipeg are hanging in by a thread. Mm, so, yeah, but that's a dent for them. And then March 30. Right. Law Knights, Sharks game. Well, there's some good news and there's some bad news. The bad news is the Golden Brats are going back to the playoffs after a year out. That's right. That's the bad news. More not at the moment. That's the bad news. The good news is we will beat them on home soil. <laughs> uh oh. Because I read the clinching scenarios. I knew for a while the Bengals going to a tough one. Those Golden Brats, they thought it could come in, wipe us clean, get two more points, put a little bit of paddy over the Kings. <laughs> On what was Y2K night? I don't know what that is, and yet I feel like I should know what that is. If anyone wants to tell me what that is, email me to put podcast at gmail.com. Um, yeah, we had to read a lot of um, interesting goal songs used for all the goals. Uh, <laughs> right. This match was a lot closer than it needed to be. Um, because Harry Fern. Fern? Fern is it? Fern? Uh, Fern? Oh, I'll get some time. 
Uh, Henry Thron, who was one of the pieces we got, he actually was the one that went under red. You remember how in the track? And then I tried to do that recall. I mentioned there was one move that we made that got sort of put under the radar, which got slipped in the net. That was the that was the one. So he's one of the pieces we got through the trade deadline. And he picked up his first set of points in the National Hockey League with two assists on the Sharks' first two goals of the game. Um, and you get two now getting a two-nil lead over Vegas is very, very, very rare. So. When you get that to your lead, you've got to hold on to every fat single fibre of your being. Well, with a team like the Sharks, that was never easy, was it? But it was James Reimer making so many mistakes. He is so lucky that we ain't not win this game. Because, oh my God, because if this was a loss, I know exactly where I would have placed the blame off. He could have even cost us that win. Um, Vegas tied it. And... Raisley on, sorry, round 9-2. However, what was very interesting though is that Vegas was the, actually the mouse and we were the cats. I know that's very rare, oh, rare in the cat and mouse game. Vegas was always chasing the game. They never had a footy, they never got a lead, whereas the Sharks did. Uh, they kept establishing leads. Only problem was just couldn't hang on to them. Uh, but it was our captain, Logan Shaw, who sealed it in overtime for a second consecutive win at the tank on what was Y2K night. Don't ask about why TK has got no idea. Right, oh, of course, um, yeah, so that's the good news. Bad news is that the Brats are going back to the play to playoffs. This makes my blood boil because this is what I did not want to happen. I did not, we are in the scenario that I did not, when we were all partying and celebrating and painting the town red last year, this is the scenario I did not want to happen. They go right back in. Because now their bandwagon can say, Oh, last year was a blip. Do you last year? That was a blip. Was it last year a blip? And I'm like, No, it was not a blip. It was not a blip. It was a much needed dose of reality. And it, it just, last year was supposed to be a reminder to you that you got on brats that. You are not going to be standing contest every year. You are not going to win the Pacific every year. You are not always going to be a guaranteed player team every year. You will at some point in your life face adversity. And I wanted to see how they could handle that adversity. Well, unfortunately, that's not happened. Because they've just gone right back in. So... <laughs> just so... Oh, God. Please... Don't let them go far than round two. Because let's face it, they're probably going to have an easier opponent round one. But whoever, whoever gets to get them round two, please dispatch them. Oh, God. That's actually, seeing all the teams that qualify in this year for the playoffs, it makes it really hard to actually want to root for somebody by choice and not because you have to for certain reasons. <laughs> I've only got New Jersey, but they're in the Eastern Conference, and chances are they'll probably have to take down Boston. And of course, Seattle could get in, but chances are they won't go far either. Oh my god, it's going to be really rough playoff isn't it? Oh dear lord. Help us all. Anyway, but yeah, so, yeah. Right, okay, so the record for the month. 
Yeah, oh god, it's not pretty. 3-8-3. Although those three overtime losses were converted to wins, it would be 6-8-0, which would be sort of bad, but not by much. Um, right, high point, low point. Right, you already know what the low point is. I already mentioned it. You know that low point is going to be. The low point is going to be the, the Capitals game. That was an absolute disgrace. It was an absolute disgrace. And I can tell you that firsthand from what I saw. <sighs> but anyway, that is the low point. Now, the high point of the month is actually quite tricky. Because when you look at this, this month, there hasn't really been that many high points. Um... But, I don't know, it's hard, isn't it? It's kind of hard, but there's only really three to choose from, isn't there? I mean, if the episode had gone our way, I could have called that one instead, but no. Uh, yeah, uh, okay, it's tricky. Uh... Hmm. Hmm. Oh, help me. I will get. I will get to the moment, folks. Just bear with. Bear with. Um. Shall we say the Winnipeg game that happened as I was coming back to home? So March the sixth. Should we have that one? Yeah, let's go with that one. Let's say the Master 6 game um, as the high point of the month because it was a much needed win to happen after what had been some really, really hard luck losses. So we'll go with that one. Master 6. That'll be the high point of the month. We'll go with that one. Okay, we'll go with that one. Tricky. It was real, it was real tricky. Real, real tricky there. Okay, right. So all that's left for us now is to take a quick trip down Teal Lane and... Uh, Relive an amazing memory. All right, welcome to another exciting edition of Teal Lane, uh, which doesn't mind you by now. Uh, it's the part of the Teal Report podcast. Fifth anniversary season, where we get to look back on some wonderful memories across the last uh, five years. But of course, this also doubles as a YouTube video as well. So, lovely to have you on board wherever you're listening. So, actually, YouTube is quite appropriate for this one because this time we're going to be reminiscing on the development of our web series, The Terraport Bids. <sighs> Okay, because as you remember in, in one of the early editions of TLA, I explained to you how initially Tiraport was originally going to be a web series. It was going to be number one my many uh, video series that I've managed to develop over the last several years. Uh, whether that be short form or long form content. Because uh, um, yeah, initially the, the original idea of Tiraport was going to be like a weekly web series show where you get to look back on the whole week because that's been on the season. But as obviously the time got nearer to creating our first, uh, our first show, that did not go as planned, and so instead we obviously changed things and we made to report what obviously it is today, which works so much more better. But 
as we were, you know, the better thing in season one, I always felt, I still want to come back to the, to the web series idea, I still want to come back to that, I want to do something with it, you know, because I feel, I feel there was a scope there for that, you know, I just, I just felt there was something, you know, just something, something there, you know, that could, could work, um, and for me, um, I always wanted to do something with, 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 that could, you know, take it further, because obviously with Teleport we just focus on obviously our Sharks and Barracuda, um, because obviously we've got the Westwatch section to cover anything new, got the Western Conference, but the tier, the idea of doing the web series is so we could do do the league as a whole. So anything newsworthy coming out uh, across the league that I will talk to you about any about any um, ideas I've got myself that I've got that we can make the league a better place because God knows the HL can always be improved. Um, any other kind of content, yeah, just get just, just and so yeah. So we began the web series back. Um, in the summer of 2020, so as COVID was hit, because uh, obviously we had that very massive gap between the end of season two, well, the abrupt end of season two, and the start of season three. So obviously COVID hit, and so it was actually it was kind of the ideal time to now start. Right, let's get the web series going and try and see if we can get it up and running and have a play about. Um, and in fact, our first video, video that we did, our first teleport bid. Um, was actually my proposed suggestions of how we could realign the league ready for the Kraken coming in. And not surprisingly, the league didn't take it. I knew they weren't going to take it, but uh, yeah, but, but yeah, but uh, and we've created some really great stuff over the years, so it's, it's, over the last few years, so it's, it's been quite great to ha have that as an extension, you know, to the podcast. It's great because obviously the podcast may focus obviously to cover everything going on, so as uh, with our Sharks and Barracuda. But, there's a lot, but we've also got our thoughts on, on lots of things going on across the league as well. So, by having that web se the web series, it also gives us an opportunity, you know, to um, to do that it, and just give you some amazing content as well. Uh, also, get some of my little mascot collection involved. I knew it'd come in handy one day. I knew I'd, I knew I would find a purpose for my for my mascot collection, which is now properly complete with the rubber boy. I knew. I I, yeah, they have over the years, some of the content been quite a bit rascals, but I knew they were coming handy for what handy for something. There we go, there we go. <laughs> yes, that's great. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's been wonderful, and of course we always are on the lookout for new ideas. So as worth sending in your feedback and your thoughts, if you've got any suggestions for a future teleport bid, and it could be absolutely anything. It could be absolutely anything. Doesn't have to be sharks related, but any. It could be any world of the world of thirty-two teams, and in either the AHL or the AHL, or it's something related to the. It could be absolutely anything. So send us your suggestions at tealportpodcast at gmail.com. Send your suggestions, and we'll look at them, and we may consider doing them as um ideas for future future shows because we always want to look out for ideas for new content. But yeah, but it's been absolutely amazing combining that with the podcast and I feel like with the web series there hasn't really been any there's not really like any like pressure to oh expect an episode to be out da, 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 da. that I think people want the one difference from the podcast and the web series with the podcast you always you have that in your drilling in your head going right okay we gotta get out by so and so and so otherwise it's not 
Oh, I'm going to miss the deadlines, and that month will have passed, and, oh, it'll be no good. Whereas the web series, all we need to do is just write, if we've got any for content, okay, right, we'll draw it down, we'll patch it out, we'll pick it through, and then hit the record button and just go. And we should release number. So, I thought with the web series, if there's less pressure than trying to get content out regularly than there is with the podcast. Um, with the web series, it's more of a leisurely stroll, um, and when the content's ready to go and be published, it's going to be published when it's ready to be published. Whereas the podcast, it's more true to deadlines. You've got to make sure everything is recorded and done and dusted so it's ready to roll up, up before. But so, so, so. Otherwise, it just takes the whole shot of sync. We don't want that. Um, but yeah, but it's more... Yeah, so it's more... Yeah, so there's more like a free flow to it. It's more, it's less, it's less stressful than trying to get the sh- get the podcast away. That's so, um, that's because we're eighteen. That's by the way, that's because probably this it, the terrible problem is our extension. It's separate to the it's separate. It's it's part of the report, but at the same time, it's its own thing, and obviously runs differently to the podcast. Because the podcast, we are on a strict deadline. We have gotta make sure each show across the regular season is out. Then a month of each other, otherwise the whole thing falls apart and out of kilter and it just goes completely you know, sideways and we don't want that. Um, but obviously but with um but with the but with the web series it's a lot more smoother because you just get to you know just get cover some amazing ideas, get get your thoughts go, get any particular mascot that's needed if if it's not the sharks, and then just hit record and just publish it when it's ready to be published. So it's been amazing. We've had some really great uh, content over the last few years. We're still scratching the server for the web series. Um, <coughs> sorry. Give me, give me another five, five or six, five, five, five. By the time, by the time we probably get to our tenth anniversary, it's about another five years' time. So a little bit of water. Clear the break. There we go. Yeah, so, yeah probably another five years' time. So when we get to our tenth anniversary, pro- we'll probably have loads of these done, and, and, we, and we can find out. Oh well, now we finally got it in the river. I'm going and. But yeah, um, cause it's cause it's so much different than doing, you know, just another episode of the podcast. Um, but it's fun. It's nice every now and then to take a nice breather and, you know, give your thoughts on what else has been going on across the league. Um, it's nice to do. Um, it's just a real extension. Plus, it's also great to have around during the off season because obviously, with, because obviously the one big difference between. Tiraport and all my other shows is with Tiraport is the only show that I make that is a seasonal show. Everything, all my other shows and all my music videos, they can all be re- all be released and published whenever and wherever really. Um, but Tiraport obviously is the one show where we have to, where it's seasonal. We have to and we run it between. Oh, this particular, the those particular time periods. Because we are here to bring you a new show every single month during the regular season. So obviously during that off season, it's kind of you can't, well. This is the thing that what I love about, about hockey a lot, uh, particularly NHL. Even when the off season comes, you never switch off from hockey because there's always news. There's literally always news coming out, whether it's for the NHL or the NHL. So what I slowly realised, particularly more these last couple of years, um, so since doing the tur- so since doing the, the show, you never switched off from hockey 
Okay, it's all year round. So even when you, you finally get the off season, you can have a breather from the breather from the action. You're still switched on because there's still news coming. Um. So uh, that's what's now great about having the web the web series, which means we can then cover all of that stuff whilst the, whilst the podcast is on its nice lengthy break because. So that's we can so we can just create these nice videos and it's something to keep you going during during the off during um the off season. Um, I'm hoping in the future for to 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 run it like that. Um, and hopefully get more tournaments made during the summer months to, to um, compensate obviously the break you have from the, from the, from the podcast. Like guys, you know, break because obviously there's no hockey report on. Uh, but yeah, but I'm, but I'm hoping going forward in the future with the tournaments is to. Get, a lo- get loads more made during the summer months, and then that can keep you, keep you going while you're waiting for September. Because really, that's when because really that's when hockey really starts going again in September. Because you get because you get preseason. I, mean, I know it's not. I, I know it's not something preseason. Not really something the, the Americans like to make a small dance about. But it's still a game, and it's an extra. And it, of course, when you've had a little break, it's nice to get a little of what you, you can back. But yeah, so yeah, so. It's been a real fun thing to have. Um, it's amazing. And also, it's your opportunity to get to actually see me properly. Because I was on the podcast, all you hear is just my voice. That's what you've heard for five straight years. Um, and many more to come, by the way. Um, so, yeah. So, that's one of the perks of doing the web series. You actually get to see your Tyroport host for real. So, yeah. So <laughs> oh, no. That's probably not a perk. But, hey. Uh, <laughs> You can find, but you can't. You know I me. Mean? You, you you can finally put a face to the to the voice that's giving you teleport that, and will continue to give you teleport for quite a long way to go. But yeah, it's just a fun. Do the do the do the is actually quite fun, and I'm so glad. We'll be fine. We'll be going going up and running, and look, which of course obviously was doing a very very peak bad time for all of us. The relief on me was just so like, because it was like with. When we talked about the the last one with the Barracuda, it was something that we always wanted to get trying to try to figure out, but just didn't know how to do it. And then once finally got got it, I was like, da boom, and then it just slots in, slots nicely. Just really does, yes, yes. It's amazing to have. It's a great extension to have to the podcast because obviously the podcast is the main bit, but you've got every now, every now and then you get a nice little extension to the show, and then you. And it's great, and it's, we have a lot of fun with it, and we've got lots of stuff uh, still to come. Um, your way, so, yeah, so it's just an amazing, amazing extension to have. But yeah, so I'll give you, so yeah, so I'll give you my, so I'll give you the show's email again because we love, because I say we're always look looking for ideas for new content. So if you've got a suggestion, just so just to close this segment off, if you've got any suggestions for a future episode to report bid, and it could be absolutely anything. Uh, Sharks and Barracuda, great, but it can be any of the 32 teams from either the NHL or the NHL. If you've got a suggestion for a future Chillport bid, then send it in to us at chillportpodcast at com, and we could be considering it and making it on a future edition. So, yeah, and make sh- and I suppose should make- mention, um, you can find all our Chillport bids on my official Georgetown YouTube channel, so, get- so click the subscribe button now. And also ring the bell, so that way you will be alert whenever a new sort of bit comes out. You'll know about it straight away.
Thank you for joining us for another amazing edition of the Chill Report Podcast, brought to you by Spotify for Podcasters. You can listen and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. To buy out where we're distributed, visit our webpage, podcasters.spotify.com forward slash pod forward slash show forward slash Report. Don't forget, you can get in touch with us by Podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And don't forget, you can subscribe to my official George Hand YouTube channel to watch all of our amazing Tearport bids. And if you love the show, then can I recommend you give us a five-star rating and leave us a nice review so that others can find our wonderful show. Until next time, all that's left for me to say is, and so I will leave you now. <laughs>